Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we study your word, sometimes we come across those those sections of scripture that are a little bit difficult or troubling, at least from our human perspective. The gospel lesson today can sometimes bother us a little bit because we don't really maybe fully understand what Jesus is saying. And so we pray for wisdom and insight by your Holy Spirit. We pray that, that as we focus on your word, we can also learn something in terms of how we engage the world around us. Father, we pray, help us to learn, help us to understand, and help us, help us to share the gospel with others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So Jesus, for a moment of time, the gospel tells us, withdraws from the region around Galilee and heads a little more towards the coast, towards the region of Tyre and Sidon. And as he's in that area, the text tells us, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying. Now, we have to be a little careful here when we look at the text because some people simply want to equate Canaanite woman with the generic term Gentiles. But Matthew very carefully doesn't simply go to that generic term Gentile. He's pointing out that it's a Canaanite woman. That would be someone of that, that Phoenician descent, so those, those people who trace their roots back to the time of the conquest when, when Israel was first coming into the promised land. In other words, this is someone who has her roots in the very uh, pagan uh, rituals and idolatry uh, that the Canaanites were known for. She would have been an outcast, one that good Jews didn't associate with. But she comes, and she's following along, and she's crying out. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. And now we start to get to that part of the text that's a little troubling. But Jesus did not answer her a word. Seems to be out of character for Jesus. And yet what he's doing here is being very Jewish. 
He's not acknowledging someone who is outside of the Jewish circle. And especially a woman. And then I know some of you start to scratch your heads and you go, well, wait a minute, Pastor, what about the Samaritan woman? She was not Jewish and she was a woman and Jesus very much engaged her at the well and had a conversation with her. What's the difference? At the well, no one else was around. Here, he has his own disciples with him. At the well, the Samaritan woman at least acknowledged the true God. Here, a Canaanite woman comes from a whole different culture. His disciples are troubled by this because they say, send her away for she is crying out after us. And, and what's interesting here is in the Gospel of Matthew, this is the first time that Jesus actually has to deal with, in conversation, a woman. And the disciples in their words, and it's interesting if you really go back and look at the original language, what the disciples are really saying here is, is take care of her needs and send her away. Because they've never witnessed Jesus to this point ever ignoring someone's plea or cry for help. Up until this point in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus has taken care of the needs of every single person who's come to him and who's asked. He's out of character. We might say that he got up on the wrong side of the bed in the morning or something, or maybe he's just having an off day or whatever it might be. We could make all sorts of excuses, but Jesus himself says these words. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. We know those powerful images of Jesus as the good shepherd, the one who takes care of the sheep, the one who, who says to us, uh, I speak and my sheep know my voice. This is the good shepherd who binds up the wounds, who heals the lame, who makes the deaf to hear, the blind to see. This is the good shepherd. But he says those curious words, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and those words start to bother us a little bit. Because most of us aren't from that house of Israel. What does Jesus mean when he's saying this? Well, he calls us back to the very role into which God sent him. To deal first and foremost with the Jewish people. To come into this world and to fulfill this plan of salvation, that salvation comes from the Jews, first for the Jews and then for the Gentiles. 
that he has to be within Judaism in order for all of this to take place. That if somehow he forsakes the Jews and moves into the territory fully of the Gentiles, then all of a sudden what happens? The rest of the plan doesn't fall into place. Because he needs to die at the hands of the sinful Jewish people who have rebelled against God. He's reminding his disciples, and he's reminding us, that it has to happen within the context of his culture in order to impact the cultures of everyone else. And yet, she comes and she doesn't give up. She kneels before him and she says three words. Hopefully you'll recognize these words. Help me, Lord. We just saw these words last week uttered by Peter when he's sinking in the water. Save me, Lord. They're really the same words in a sense. Help me, Lord. Save me, Lord. And with her words, she's still acknowledging that she sees Jesus for who he is. This Canaanite woman who comes from a culture of idolatry sees Jesus as Lord. She's already said it earlier. O Lord, Son of David. That phrase tells us that not only does she see him as, as a prophet, but she sees him in the role of the Jewish Messiah. That this woman is somehow familiar and even with all of her cultural differences understands exactly who this Jesus is. And she's persistent. She doesn't give up. She kneels before him and says, Lord, help me. And even then, Jesus says this, It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now, when I think of that, I think of, you know, just a nice dog with those, those begging eyes, you know, kind of thing and coming before him. I don't know. We know how it is. Anybody here who has a dog, supper time rolls around and the dogs are just waiting for something to hit the floor. Right? She's waiting for something to hit the floor. But in today's world, and the way that we look at things, and the way that Jesus is behaving, you know, before Jesus even says, uh, responds to her again, you know, this is what would happen in this world today. Because that's what seems to be going on. That Christ is somehow insulting her or not listening to her or pushing her away because she's a woman or she's a Canaanite or, or somehow doesn't fit the bill of someone he wants to minister to. And unfortunately, unfortunately through the years or maybe we should say through the centuries, people have often pointed to this text that gives them an excuse for not ministering to people who are different. She comes back after his response, 
And she says, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. What she's saying with these words, I'm willing to take anything that you give. I'm so hungry for hope. I'm so hungry for healing for my daughter. I'm so hungry. I'm willing to take anything, even the crumbs. Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. What do we learn from this whole lesson? We learn that Jesus came first and foremost to begin his ministry and to work his ministry in the context of the Jewish nation. But we learn that his compassion and his heart goes far beyond just the Jewish people that he does have compassion for those who come from different places, that those who come from different races or cultures or backgrounds. In a sense, what this is, is the time has not yet come for the gospel to fully move out into the rest of the world. But in this opportunity, in this place, Jesus gives her what she asks for. The crumbs of the gospel, the very crumbs can cast out the demons from the life of this child. The very crumbs of the gospel can work faith into the hearts and lives of people of all cultures and all backgrounds and all races. The crumbs of the gospel not only feed us, but they feed others. The gospel. The gospel is what is needed in our world today. It's the gospel that bridges the gaps in our relationships with other people. It's the gospel that brings healing to people who are so divided. It's the gospel that needs to be taught and proclaimed, especially in troubled times, especially when people lose hope in the world, in our government, in whatever it might be. The gospel is what brings to us a peace that passes all of our human understanding. It feeds us when we are spiritually deprived and hungry. And all you got to do is look around at our world and see how desperately we need the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
I love Jesus' words here. If you remember, this particular text comes just after the feeding of the thousands. It comes after Jesus met the needs of the people, and if you recall, they collected the basketfuls of leftovers. And who? Who gets the leftovers? The Canaanite woman, the people who need to hear the truth, people who are different, people who need to know they're loved by Jesus Christ. And that's the bottom line. Does Jesus love this woman? Yes. Does he take the time ultimately to meet her needs? Yes, but more importantly, does he, in the distant future, die on a cross for her sins? Yes. Salvation, healing, belongs to the Lord, and he gives it to all who need. My friends, in this world today, it's easy to become discouraged, to be sucked into what's happening all around us, to become disheartened. But we have the hope. And we have the joy in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we need to share it. Don't let the masks or the face shields stop you from sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't let the social distancing keep you from shouting it out. Make sure that in some way, shape, or form, you are still telling others about who Jesus Christ is. The world needs it. We have a lot of people that are crying out with those words. And you may be the one he sends to help. Don't just wait until you see those eyes. go and tell go and tell take the crumbs of the gospel today and give them to the world in Jesus name Amen now may the peace of God which passes all of our human understanding keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting Amen